Young bachelor, we love to play. So come out when I move the drapes. Know my move when I grab your waist. Know you fucking a man Yes, sir. That's that's like the hardest opening to a song in a couple years. Hey man, shout out to Gunner man. He having the year of his life right yeah, now. The best year ever. NBA halftime, all of that. Hey man, it's just it's just a testament to staying down, man. I remember when Gunner said, um, he had rings on his toes on Floyd Mayweather. Man, I was like, I don't know about this guy. <laughs> That line is classic now, so shout out to Gunner, man. Uh, what's going on, everybody? Of course, we are back. It is Black Prank. What is this, episode four? Yeah, Three, episode four. Damn, we're, we're really rolling. We got we're a back. Patreon and everything now. Yeah. Shout out to, uh, you know, we're we, we building an empire here. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? We're we build, we building something here. But, of course, uh, I am J5 here with Josh Pease. Josh Pease, a.k.a. Um, Pino Poor. <laughs> <laughs> you just made that up in two seconds. Two seconds, baby. <laughs> You know, we're going our wine shit out here. Natural, if you're feeling froggy. You feel oh me? my god! So as we as we um, as we build this empire that that I you know I've, I've deemed it, we need it. We need it more. You know, we we, we building our our our, our kind of status and everything. We got a producer now. You know what I'm saying? A good a good friend of ours. You know, I've known I've known this guy for years, but he's gonna be sitting in. You know what I'm saying? Making sure that everything sounds good, even though I fucked up today and I forgot my mic. So me and Josh had to take it back to 1990. Fucking eight. Take it back, cipher. Cipher. <laughs> giving the mic back and pause. Giving the mic back and pause. <laughs> hey man. Hey. So last episode, I thought we couldn't pause no more. So oh, all right, all right. We're not. We're not gonna up. pause. We're not. We're not gonna do that no more. So, uh, Mark Cameron, my man, MC. That's our. That's that's that, that's our producer now. Our editor. Everything that we doing. What's going on, Mark? Tell the people who you are, man. Yeah, this chair is cozy. What y'all get? What y'all give me with this black print money that that um, certain sources have provided y'all? What is this? Yeah, undisclosed sources. Undisclosed Chris Broussard sources. <laughs> so, uh, what what we'll be doing, of course, is we'll be you know when when I say something fucked up or when I do something messed up, Mark will edit that out and or he'll 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 correct me. He's gonna he's gonna help us out. He's gonna make the show better. It'll probably be when I say something fucked up, actually. But La- last week last week it was me. <laughs> I was definitely the fucked up one. <laughs> On the Patreon episode, if you guys missed uh, pay, uh, Black Print B sides, it was a classic episode. Man, it's my favorite episode yet. So check that shit out. Make sure you subscribe. You know, make sure you subscribe to the Ain't Shit Funny tier too. You know, that, that comes with some special perks, man. You can get my close friends. Listen, Cyrus, H Visibility, he already he already subscribed. I'm just saying, y'all should be able to see all this fucking weed I got in my house right now. <laughs> Subscribe. Somebody need to add a GoPro for that. We got big flavors over here. Shout, shout out, to, shout out Fidel's, right? Yeah, shout out to Fidel's, baby. Hashos and all that. So uh, we we gotta uh, we have to we gotta shout out some of our patrons. But oh, I'm gonna, yeah. I'm gonna do it on the public episode. Of course, we we're, we 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 double fisting it today. We're doing we're doing both in one day today. So if you if you subscribe to the Patreon, you're gonna get this episode plus bonus stuff early before it even comes out for everybody next week. But if you're doing if you're doing the, the, the public, you're gonna just you know get the get the regular degla. It's fine though, you know what I'm saying. We we we, we appreciate y'all still. How many patrons we got? We got a couple, man. I mean, we got man. I'm telling y'all, y'all gonna want to subscribe to this shit. It's early. I'm gonna start dropping these Josh P's vlogs on here. <laughs> this is gonna be just little 15 to 30 second clips of me just throughout my day. And um, yeah, man, it's gonna be it's gonna be some real entertaining things going on. Like, you heard that dog in the background? I don't know if y'all can hear this dog in the background, but on Patreon, I'm going to tell the story of this dog. The full story from, from birth to, to, to now. Josh is tired of this dog. This motherfucker could be, uh, this could be like a new Lassie story. Like, I don't even know if he's, he's barking, barking at, a, at a back. Go ahead, go ahead, take yeah. care of that while I shout out the patrons. <laughs> um, so... Uh, our first patron, shout out to John Barnes. He's an early adopter. He got he got it in before we even announced that it was live. Uh, so shout out to him. Shout out to Jelani Carter. He's always been a fan of our show. He's always been a fan of the podcast. He's always been like, yo, where is the black print at? We need it. The streets need the black print. And he's, he definitely was one of the first person to subscribe. Cam, what's going on, Cameron? Hey, the boy Kissa himself. We, we know Cam for a while, right, Mark? 
Yeah, I'd say so. Um, how long has it been since God? That, that, that's that's really the thing about years. everybody that's on RNC. Yeah, it's yeah. been like so long since the group me days, the yeah. slack days. Yeah. So shout out to Cam for for all the love. Of course, Cyrus, who who is the first person to be in the B and D tier. <laughs> Cyrus was so serious about the B and D tier. Got to give him one. He of wants those. his teas, man. He wants to. He said, "Oh, every tea." Right. It wasn't every tea. The entire pick, catalog. You get to pick one <laughs> tea from the catalog. That's the, the deal. So, so thirty dollars, you get one tea from the catalog. Josh, I'm. Pre- I need you to send me some of the options so we can yeah, put it up so for the patrons. Yeah, I'll, I'll so that. we can get some of these patrons their, their t-shirts. Of course, my my baby Jessica. She she uh, she subscribed. She's she's a supporter of her man. You know what I'm saying? Man, you gotta I, support. I gotta give me one of those to support me. <laughs> Shout out to her. I love her so much. And Andrew Bossapim. Bossum Pim? He bossing up. up. He hey. wanted to hear Black Print. Man, Shout out to him, bro. We got we got a couple others, but those are the shot. Those are those are like the early adopters this week that we want to get in. Five dollars gets you to the ground floor. You get the shows early. Ten dollars, you get the QA's. We're gonna start the QA's up this week. And um, you know, in, in multiple more. You know what I'm saying? Shout out to shout out to everybody who signed up and our patrons. It, it's 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 blowing up. You know what I'm saying? We we getting bigger and bigger. We only get bigger and bigger, man. So, new episode. We got some we got some straight thoughts to talk about. For I talk about something that, that that's really been on my mind that I, that I brought up this week or that I found this week in an article. But Super Bowl, man. Shout out, shout out, Josh. Man, shout out to me. I don't know if y'all see me on the field at one point. I was catching passes and shit. <laughs> I don't, yeah, I'm playing. But nah, shout out to the Rams, bro. I really believe in y'all. Five years strong, Super Bowl champions, OBJ. I love you. <laughs> but duh, like, I just, I'm proud of the guys, man. Like, we really did that. Um, shout out to Sean McVay. Shout out to the GM. Fuck them picks, ENT. We, we getting off these draft picks, man. We don't give a fuck. So shout that, out to the Rams. That was a big gamble. That was a big gamble. It fuck paid it. off. LA, baby. We shoot dice out here. <laughs> So no, nah, I'm, I'm like I really I saw it happening. Honestly, it, shout out to my nigga Matt Capani. That's the nigga I go to every game with. Um, my Italian brother, and we was watching the game, and they caught that pass interference on Cup, and he said yes, rigged for us. <laughs> <laughs> so that's what I'm going with, man. I don't care, rig it for us. If it's rigged, rig it for the Rams. L.A. storybook ending, you know, the Super Bowl in L.A. I can't end. First of all, it was crazy. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Hold on. All my niggas from LA. Anybody that was at the game, like it ain't beef. But I'm just so disappointed in the organization <laughs> and the city and everyone that I was not afforded a ticket. Like, come on! Like, I once was, again, once again, and you saw we got this straight in last week with Richard coming through. You got your dunks. I got my dunks. See, so you know now, what I'm I, figured this, I figured this whole podcast and shit out. I come on here, I complain <laughs> about some shit. I get it next week. So, so I say all this to say. I need to be at the next Super Bowl, wherever it's at. Minnesota, Cleveland, wherever it's at, I need to be there just off GP. I'll be there for any other team. I can't believe I didn't get no tickets to this game. I'm like, what? It was in Inglewood. Yeah. I grew up that, that's where from. blocks from yeah. the fucking stadium. So, hey, it is what it is, though, man. I guess I got to get my money up. Oh, see. Oh, did we, did, we, did we? Hold up. There we go. There we go. <laughs> there we go. Yeah. We can't, we can't. I got to get my money up. It's cool. You know. <laughs> it's funny. One of my niggas hit me. He was just like, bro, like. He hit me like, bro, like, my bad. Like, I got to get my shit together so you can be there. I was like, Man. <laughs> Hey, that's real love. Hold on. Give nah. him one. Give him one. Give nah, him one. That's my, man, give shout him out to J.R. Cruz. That's literally what he hit me after the game and said, he's like, bro, I got to get my shit together so, so you can be there. I'm like, damn, bro. I love it, bro. Like, I love that that energy. So, next year, Josh Peace will be uh, recording live from the Super Bowl. We'll be there. Yeah, man. I don't know if I'll, I'll go there. I'll go. The thing is, I, I don't That's watch. Nigga. I don't watch football until the Super Bowl. He, he not. Oh, I thought he was about to be on you know, your Kaepernick boycott and shit. Not well. Here's the thing. I am, but I also respect. Yeah. I got a homie that ain't watched since Kaepernick started kneeling. I'm like, bro, I, are you a, what the fuck? I never. I always been like an NBA guy. No, nah, you know so what, like you know what it is for me. Kaepernick still watches football. Of course he does. He, he has no choice but to watch football. He yeah. loves it. America has no choice. A right. hundred, I think it was hundred and twelve million that, that watched this game. Crazy amount of people to watch. Like, there's nothing like the NBA. They changed the Hollywood sign. Man, only the only the not uh, the NFL. Only the NFL can do that. Last nigga to do that did it illegally. I met him. He changed to weed. <laughs> the Hollywood sign. Yeah. Did he get locked up or did? Nah, he started a whole weed brand off of it. He white. Uh, he definitely white. Yeah, there you go. He that's nice. why. That's why. Artist. That's that's why. There you go. 
that's a different type of <laughs> B and D. That's the BWD. Yeah. Uh, but I mean, a lot of stuff happened. Uh, what, what was that, Mark? As I jump into this, per the New York Times, the Super Bowl drew 112 million viewers, the most in five years, and it's a 16% rise from last year. Jesus Christ. Also, I heard there's a Guinness World Record for the most people watching someone crip walk. <laughs> so, yeah, man. Shout out, to, shout out to LA. We really put on. We had yeah. niggas crip walking like it was Hamilton. They were like they was crip walking on Broadway. <laughs> Shit was wild. I, I saw something, though. What'd you see? I saw a post. I follow chefs. Okay. I follow Chef. There's a there's a um there's a show called High on the Hog, or Netflix. I don't know if you ever seen it. I've seen a couple episodes. I you know I start watching because I'm like, I've been eating all the southern shit all my life. I know all the origins. It's yeah, white folks. So he he posted something about the Super Bowl. I didn't want to send this to you. I wanted to bring it up here. All right, please tell me what. So he says the Super Bowl discourse is mad musty. People are without irony talking about the halftime show as something historic, but it was abhorrent. The way the culture is sold back to us is not aspirational. It's tactical. This was not a moment. This was neutered nostalgia. This was definitely not a win. He continues by saying, imagine how hard it had to be to keep the most popular music genre in the world out of the halftime entertainment for three decades. NFL is racist in every way. This is a paltry celebration for a league where the labor is overwhelmingly black and the ownership class is 0%. It's just about as skimp as every tier in management. Sit with it. Apartheid vibes. He goes on to say, he ends it with... Congrats to the Rams. Mary J looked amazing. Snoop looks amazing. But it's just corporate entertainment to appease and subdue. So he don't, he don't like Dre and Eminem and 50? <laughs> All right. He shot them out. <laughs> hey, man, you know, I'll be like this. And I hate to be he one of those He got a niggas. point. I hate to be one of those these guys. But you can never make niggas happy. Like, literally, <laughs> oh, no. never make niggas happy. And I, I like, bro. We we here. Yeah. Shout the hove. Rock Nation. All right. I'm not shouting I'm not shouting a hoe for that. I'm just saying. <laughs> I'm not shouting a hoe for that. I might want a, a Rock Nation hat right now. So. No, I'm not shouting here's the thing well, here's the thing with Jay Z. Here's the thing with Jay Z. He did that and then he then he, he sold Cap out immediately as soon as he signed the deal. Hey man, Cap sold himself out. Alright, see, listen, <laughs> nah, you know nah, what? Nah, nah, hashtag hey man. Nah, I, I fuck with I fuck with Kaepernick for what he's what he did and what he's still doing. That's a, a, a long and hard road that he's fighting. But I, I like I just what do what, what did this high in the hall guy want? What did he want? Did he want fucking us to get Fila Kunta and revive him and put him no, on the stage? Like what? Did, what did I he don't want, think bro? I think he just wanted people to see. He made some interesting. He made some some good points. The ownership part is real, and that was a conversation yes, that was yeah before the Super Bowl. Was yeah, big, yeah, they, it, and it just so happened to hit right as the Super Bowl was about to it's it's about fucked, the air. It's fucked up. It's, yeah, it's the, the 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 coaching situation in the NFL, the ownership situation in the NFL, it's fucked up for sure. But so, so like, I get it, uh, but I also get this ain't. I, I feel like I, I agree with them, but it's also not the fight. Like I feel like th- this is a fight that you could have did. When they was announced or something like that, like I, I and the thing is, I, I I thought the show was good. I thought it was hey, cool for what it was. So, so I got a question for Mr. High and the Hog. <laughs> What's his name? What's his Steve, name? Steven. I like the guy, bro. He, he's, nah, he's cool. I'm, I'm pretty sure he's a dope dude. Great. Uh, damn. What, oh, Steven Satterfield. He's he's dope, man. What, what what kind of fight are you putting up for uh, for Monique at Netflix? Are you fighting for for the uh, the LBG two Q? Oh wow! Wow, that, at, at Netflix, this is. I just want to know what kind of fights you putting up, brother. Because like niggas always got something to say about shit that we as a people enjoy and profit from to a certain extent. Like the NFL has made tons, but of not enough of us are profiting from Absolutely. the NFL. I get it, but I'm just saying, not enough of us profiting at Netflix either at this yeah. point. So yeah. like, nigga, what fight are you putting up in your arena? Yeah. Like that's what I want to know because like he is on Netflix. No, I'm just yeah. What <laughs> fight are you putting up over there? Because I'll be I know the fights I put up. In the, in the spaces I'm in, yeah. So like when I'm enjoying other shit that might not be the best, I'm just enjoying it from afar because I'm a fan and I just want to do that. And like, I, but I know the fights I fight daily yeah. in my work life and in my personal life and all that. So I just wonder, like, I, I'm curious, like, and that's not to be an attack on him. I'm just really curious, like, what fights are you putting up, bro? Because like, <clears throat> niggas got a lot to say about shit that they're not involved in, but the shit they involved in, they don't say nothing. It's yeah. crazy, like, bro, what? Why you don't say nothing? Well, I think. I- I think people do raise these questions when you see reports from Forbes that say, you know, Dr. Dre's not going to be paid for this. A lot of the artists that are being paid for this halftime show, 50's not one of them, Dre's not one of them, Eminem, Mary, Dre had to front that money, which was like a good couple million dollars for this. Yeah, no, no one gets paid from halftime shows. That's been historically, that's the, it's funny, that's a headline every single year, but it's like, no one gets paid from the halftime show. Yeah. 
like Dogs. that it's really just marketing and like and honestly i, I i'm i'm very i want to look into that a little deeper because no one gets paid thing i think it's like some bullshit i think the nfl doesn't pay for that right but you think pepsi didn't put all that no, money well, in yeah, their well, pocket and Dre, like, they said dre spent one seven million out of his own pocket yeah and seven million of it was pepsi's money they had, it had they to just be. gave him yeah, yeah it had so to it's be. like yeah so Dre, instead <laughs> of getting 14 million for the super bowl you got seven million for yeah. it like it's like you know that that's just the headline they use and like i like I like that they don't pay niggas for that because you're going to make your money back. Like Snoop had, what, four albums in the top 10 on Apple after the uh, after it aired? So it's like, you're going to make your money back or, you know, if you own your music. I see, but you do good business. But not even that. Hold on, because I got another point to make. <clears throat> Mary performed in the halftime show. Mary had a, 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 a Super Bowl commercial. Yeah. I was like, damn, this commercial is dope. And she had an album yeah, Friday before that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We had, I, I forgot she was on 300. Yeah, How the fuck did that, hey, that happen? Shout out to Mary. Shout out to 300. We actually did an event for Mary at Amazon Music on um uh, the Friday or Thursday before album dropped. Dinner. Her and her friends came through. Had a good time. She ended up shuffling and shit. <laughs> hey, man. I, I'll just, I'm, I'm proud of Mary because, like, I don't know if people seen the documentary on her recently. Like, she's... The, the Amazon one yeah, is crazy. Another plug. There's going to be a lot of plugs today. Hey, man. I'm just plugged in. But, um... I just like her. I love her story. Like, Mary is someone that my mom introduced me to. And, like, I always looked at her as, like, a mom. Like, she reminded me of my mom so much. Just the 90s style. Like, I just, like, when I see her, I see my mom. So There ain't nothing more black than than it being Sunday and your mama listening to uh, uh, Mary J. Blige while she making dinner. Because that used to be my life. And, yeah. and literally listening to my, my life, life. Yeah. the whole time, like my whole childhood. That's how we knew. That's how I knew who she was. Yeah, no, I'm a, another Josh Peace fact. Uh, one of my best, my favorite songs ever is My Life Chopped and Screwed by DJ Screw. Like, that's literally an amazing song. I've cried, smiled, done all type of shit to that song. Probably had sex to it before. Like, <laughs> that's my shit. Uh, last thing about Super Bowl, 50 Cent upside down. He, he's been getting fat shame. Did y'all, how old is 50 Cent? 50 Cent, is he not 50 yet? Nah. <laughs> he, uh, nah, 50 Cent, I mean, he might be like 45, 46. He might be 44. Yeah. How, how old is 50 Cent, Mark? What, what, what 50 you Cent is 46 years old. Damn. Damn. Close, man. That's, what y'all expect 50 Cent to still be chiseled? Yeah, nah. He, I mean, he eating off the star's money, man. Yeah. He's, he's a little grown weight. Yeah. Yeah, he's too. And honestly, he, he looked... Bigger, but he still look buff. He still he's gonna knock some shit down if he came out. <laughs> <laughs> Do you remember the the time when uh, Young Buck stabbed the dude yes. with a fork for Dr. The, Dre? Yeah, at the Vibe Awards. Young Buck is crazy. Bro. Was that was that the last Vibe Awards they ever did? That might have been. That shit was like crazy. I, I, yeah, that happened in L.A. So that I remember just being in L.A. and that being on the news. Yeah, like Young Buck was is. I was listening to uh, Straight Out of Cashville mm-hmm. last week, and that was like my favorite of my like. B team huh. albums, okay, like it yeah. was better than Yayo's. I thought it was better than, in in some ways, production wise, better than Banks. Like Banks was oh, like no. a fifty light to me. I go back to Banks a lot, man. That first Banks, Hunger for More, like that's like a like a motto for life for me. So I just always, I at least every two or three years, I go back and revisit that project. And then for some reason, fucking um, I'm so fly it just always comes up on my like. Uh, shuffle one I'm of the best music. one of the best was it Timber or Danger Hands it had to be both it had to be Danger Hands and if it was Timberland it was probably no, I'm yeah, sorry, that's, what I'm saying. <laughs> that's why I said it had to be Danger Hands like, no, that era was all Danger Hands better known as Timberland <laughs> that was also the era when, when Timberland said uh, you just a piano man that, that yeah. shit was crazy he had some nerve producer beef is funny man like, I was thinking about that watching the Yay doc and we, we're probably gonna get into that later but yeah, it's just funny to see how like Ye and Just Blaze was in that. Yeah, and, like Ye coming out and dissing Just Blaze. Like nigga, you know that was you always beefing. You secretly was beefing with him forever. Yeah, and, and you now, just brought it out. Yeah, because yeah. so like, there's a part in the, and before I mean this is before we even get talk about the documentary. There's a part where Kanye says, "This is my arch, my arch nemesis," yeah. and Just Blaze's face is like, "No, we're not." This is my shit. What are you talking about? Like he looked like he was just uncomfortable the whole time. If there was a lot of people in that, in that documentary that are uncomfortable like, on camera, but Kanye was literally in that documentary writing his narrative. Like, All right, this scene. We're going to talk yeah. about that on the Patreon today. But um, next part, next piece of news we want to talk about here. Hey, speaking of, before we get into that, y'all gonna subscribe to the Patreon just to hear my feedback on Genius. Kanye. This, God, God damn, this documentary is great. Put the $5 down. We pushing it today because we actually, we, we talk about a lot on there. And I mean, 
Y'all seen how fucking viral my tweet went? I had to mute this shit, bro. Niggas sending me death threats. It's crazy out here. Kanye, you got some niggas on your team, bro. But we're going to get into that on Patreon. So drop the five, the dub, the 30, whatever it is. Get in. So uh, next piece of news, Tremaine Emery is named Supreme's new creative director. Obviously, this guy, you know, he, he launched his label, Denim Tears. He's worked with Kanye West. He's worked with Ugg. He's worked with Levi's, Asics, Champions, Stussy. He had Stussy looking right last season mm-hmm. uh, with what they got. They got a, they had, he made like this varsity that I saw Reese was wearing. Yes, sir. It sold out fucking immediately. I was pissed. No, it's funny, man. I've always, it's, I love Jermaine Emery, and it's funny because I've always been a critic of this guy. But I'm a critic of, of the people I love, and I want to see that at their very best. And I remember he had came out against Nike and them having black executives and said he wasn't going to release his Converse shoe until they showed just their employees and how many black employees they had. They never did it. His Converse <laughs> came out. I, I went on his Instagram and was like, bro, what happened? <laughs> I was pressing the box. I, I might look like two or three comments pressing issues on this nigga stuff. But I say that because, like, bro, I really think he's a, a talented, amazing designer and just culture curator. Besides being a designer, I just love the culture that he's curated around him and his friends. So um, I'm excited about him at Supreme, dude. And Supreme, it's funny. I, I don't know if he worked on this last drop that just came out. Or, no, he didn't. This shit fire. <laughs> I, I thought the first week was a little, eh, it was all right. I bought the, I bought the cassette. Player, yeah. Because I, I got a bunch of cassettes. I got the Al Green. I wasn't, I wasn't, I'm, the thing you is. Did you didn't get the Marvin Gaye? <laughs> you didn't see that meme? I know. <laughs> the meme was like, kids was like, can I get that Marvin Gaye shit? <laughs> <laughs> I got the Al Green. I think some some stuff later this season looks pretty all right. The Nikes. I want to. I want to try and get the dunks. Obviously, what you know. What, what's up? Yeah. <laughs> you know yeah. what I'm saying. What, what's up? Let, let, let us know what's good. Some people at Supreme. Yeah. What's up? But I mean, I think Supreme. It's it's fair to say they they've been a little rudderless yeah, for the no, past they couple have, years. They have. I, I've I've been one of those guys. One of them cool guys. It's like I don't know Supreme no more. I like sold all my old Supreme shit. Yeah. I sold it for good prices, but damn, I maybe wish I should have kept it. Yeah, nah, it's see, like, see. No, I know I sold. I sold, see how I niggas be. High on it, but, but but I mean, we're seeing what we're seeing with Supreme is resales kind of dropped off. Yeah, uh, yeah, hype has dropped off. You could go to there right now, probably get some of the shit from the first drop right mm-hmm. now because it's still up. And I think that it's fallen in favor of stuff like Fear God's more popular. Obviously, yeah. like a lot of other stuff is more popular in that space right now. Yeah. I think Tremaine is definitely a good move for them because he's he's. Really not linked to anywhere else. Jared, Lorenzo's at Adidas nah, can't do anything yeah. else but but get him, and it's, it's a good look for them. No, that's an amazing look for him. Just because, like I said, like going back, he's a culture curator. So yeah. it's not going to be just the clothing. It's just like the culture they're going to build around it. Like, yeah. does Supreme even do parties anymore? Like I remember Supreme parties used to be popping. Well, they got bought by VF. Yeah. They opened up another store. Are they moving? Or are they opening? Up it's a opening store? up another one. For some reason, I feel like they might be moving on Fairfax. You, you think? I don't know. Maybe it's a Josh Priest exclusive, but I just feel like they're moving <laughs> off of Fairfax. I just got a sneaky suspicion. And if, I mean, who knows? We'll see. But what is Fairfax if not, I mean, you know. Hey, what is Fairfax right now? Yeah, it's food and shit like that. Yeah. Supreme doesn't really fit. Speaking of speaking of the area, someone get stabbed on, someone got stabbed on Melrose the other day, uh, bro. I, I heard the full story behind it. It's a little foolish. You know, I'll be tapped into the streets. <laughs> Crazy. So, line up for what, what shoes was dropping? Some dunks. It was the, uh, I forgot what dunk. It was, it was some dunks. Some regular ass dunks. Yeah, it was just some regular ass dunks. Motherfucking stabbing each other over dunks. Man. Yeah. I remember them shits was in. I remember they was at Foot Locker on fucking the most sale you could ever be on sale for some Nikes. I think you could have got dunks for 60 bucks at one time. Yeah. So, man, so the story was that it was a line. It was a couple. It was like a couple couples there. It was two couples there. And then one couple had like some friends with them. The two women and the, and the three women start arguing. Two women start arguing with a black woman. It's two Hispanic women, one black woman. They start arguing back and forth. The two Hispanic women start jumping the black woman. Wow. The black woman's boyfriend is there. Yeah. So he's seeing his girl get jumped, and low key, I don't know if the men jumped in or whatever, but he jumped in, and then he stabbed the, the Hispanic woman and then ran off. And that's crazy. Like, she passed, right? She, she passed. I, I'm not sure if she passed or not, but that's that's crazy. I, like I said on my list, bro, Fairfax, Melrose is turning into the hood. It's the hood. Like, bro, I feel safer on King and Crenshaw than I feel <laughs> wow. on fucking Melrose and Fairfax. That's crazy. That, I, that's that's hyperbole for sure. But, but prayer, prayers up for their family. But back to 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 denim tears. Yeah. I would imagine, I'm pretty sure you probably more tapped into stuff like this than me, that he would probably, he's probably working, well, no, they work year and ahead, so we yeah. probably won't see what he's doing until next year. Yeah, I, I, I'm, just, I'm curious, because, like, when you make an announcement like that, you got to be fast. Like, he'll probably have, he'll be, probably be a part of the next collection somehow, yeah. some way. Like, yeah. 
just to how, how they announced it, like, right with this new shit. Like, I think the next thing that comes out, he'll probably be a part of. But once again, he's right back with Nike. They yeah. work with Nike all the time. Yeah, he's no, going to have he, to get some input. That's why I'm, I'm curious where that even went with him. I didn't tap back in, but I've been paying attention to a lot of this shit he's been doing. Like, the, the Levi stuff, fire. Uh, I like the story he tells, man. Like, I think he did the ASICs, and he, he kind of based on um, the play, George yeah. Clay. Yeah. I'm just, I just like that thought, and, like, you know, just the name, Denim Tears, like, it's I stand for a brand, so shout out to him, man. He's, he's, he's telling black stories, and that's why I I appreciate it, and I'm a critic of it, because I'm like, I want you to tell it to the utmost, and um, he's doing that at this point. I think this is, you know, an important moment in black history, and it's not lost on me that they announced this in Black History Month. Absolutely. Like, come on. Like, it's more, I think the, the, the woman who does Supreme's accessories, she's a black woman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah she and is. she kills it every year. She mm-hmm. killed it this year. Yeah, a cassette, the cassette player. Yeah. I, when I saw that, I said, I have to cop it right now. Like, I a really... fucking camper. Yeah. A fucking, uh, I think a pinball machine was was, was mm-hmm. last season. This season, they got a, a, a cast iron skillet. Like, yeah. all type. Like, it's I just. I I'm going to have to bite off a of StockX or something. I think it's like 70 on StockX right yeah, now. I'm going to ask, um, I'm gonna have to ask Denim Tears, is it okay to buy it? <laughs> <laughs> it off of StockX? Well, I want my pancakes to have the Supreme logo uh, imprinted into them because it, it, that, that's just really what I want to do. But shout out to him. You know what I'm saying? Hopefully we get to see more. I, I think what Supreme does well is that they do kind of touch on or they used to at least like a lot of like movements that, you know, African-American movements and stuff like that that they didn't really touch on anymore. Like Al Green was cool. They did the Marvin Gaye shit a couple years ago. When I was at U when I was at UMG, um, they had to come through catalog to do that. So okay. like we actually helped kind of make that happen. So like that that hey, Mary, the Mary J T too, we helped with that too. Yeah, no, I've always besides the music stuff, I remember one of my favorite teas is um like their old Martin Luther King and then they had a Malcolm X tea, like the loose lips tea. Yeah. Like I always loved the Supremes just look at black culture and just black history. So I love what they're doing. This is a good pickup for them. I couldn't see anyone else. Like, I'm glad it wasn't like one of these super high fashion guys. Like, oh, like it, it wouldn't do that because Supreme is so authentic to the culture. So, yeah, it's a good one, man. I'm proud of it. Uh, let's get into some music real quick, man. New Sorry. Jack Harlow. You you was hyping hey, this up, man. It dropped. Jack Nell Tech. Hey, man. I'm just on. Like, I'm just straight up a fan of the kid. Like, I think he just really is a, a real rapper. And like, I think this Nell Tech song proved it. But I think like. Just the way he came into the game and the way he kind of approached it. It's just a way that you like, you know, you see a lot of white rappers come through and it's like, I'm about to be rapping, rapping, rap circles around you. But it's like, Jack, like, no, I'm a cool ass nigga. I got bitches. Like, let, let, let me hear this. Let me hear this. Let me hear this. Yeah. Mm-mm, mm-mm. You say he was on his real hip hop shit this time, right? Yeah, he, he's rapping. My nail tech knows how to keep it a little secret. I don't wish for my success. You got the Lil Nas X horns. And you did too, but you tweaked me. Like I've been getting money, Harikin. You smell me, that's LV. Walk around with my chest out of my skin smooth, I'm healthy. Oh, wait. I'm in the mix and I'm handshaking, but most of y'all can't help me. Most of y'all ain't wealthy. Most of y'all just dress like it. I caught the vibe that y'all giving off, and I'm trying to make myself less like it. This chick got a little Porsche body. I might let the bro test. Okay, okay. Hey, I, I was expecting heavy 808s, and then he hit me with the, you know what I'm saying? He out here swagging on the beat. He swagging on the horns. He talk like, bro, he talking that shit. Like, nigga, talk about his leg out the roof or leg out the window of his girl Tesla. Nigga, that's how I be riding. Nigga, like, bro, I'm telling you, man. <laughs> that song motherfucking hyped me up. I heard it, and I'm like, okay. And it's so, so the little Nas X horns, I'm glad you brought that up because there's a story behind that. Um, I'll talk to Cannon about the record. He's like, yo, we wanted to make sure that his you know fans who knew the little Nas X record, which is a pop record, yeah, they would lean into this record with those horns and then be like, oh shit, this kid really rap. Like, this is it's a good bridge between the pop record he just came out with and where he's about to go with this shit, right? And I just, I don't know, man, I like the, the, uh, the strategy in that. And I just, I don't know, man. I like the kid, bro. Like, he just got it. He it's, got it. It sounds good. It's, it sounds so good that Kanye, I mean, there's a lot of Kanye talking this episode, yeah. went on Instagram and said he's top five right now. Top five niggas rapping right now. <laughs> <laughs> well, here's the thing with Kanye, man. He's, <laughs> Kanye, <laughs> he colorblind. He don't know what the fuck's going on out here. There's <laughs> some damn contacts in his eyes that he learned, bro. But no, nah, I, I, I'm and I'm glad Ye came on and said that because I just feel like it's a lot of... It's a lot of uh, hate from from Jack Harlow from the white community. It's hilarious to me, actually. I have, I have some white friends who are like they don't fucking. I'm like, well, here's the thing: they tired of they tired of the revolving doors of white MCs. Nah. They had to rock with they had to rock with Macklemore and then acted like they liked him. Then they had to go to G Easy 
and then they had to move on to Post Malone, and it's I feel like it's a revolving door well, of white MCs. You, I'm gonna just and I'm gonna keep it 100. None of those rappers you just named are cool as cool as Jack Harlow. Wow, like Jack Harlow, cool ass white boy. Jeezy had a little moment. You said who? Jeezy had a little moment. Man, that fucking leather jacket, bro, came in looking like the. Fat <laughs> <laughs> this is, I mean, Jeezy got black support because he's from the Bay, exactly. and like he and he can rap too, so he had to. But his look, it's like, why you look like the Fonz? Like Jack Harlow, like bro, look at Jack Harlow's progression. Remember, he had the glasses and shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now look at Jack Harlow. He got he got LASIK. He got, I mean, he got the New Balance deal. I hear bro. I seen the nigga at the airport the other night. Didn't even say nothing to him, but I just see. I'm like, nigga, even your airport swag. You like, all right, like you look like a, a AAU basketball player. You don't look like a, a like you don't look like a lame ass rapper. Like nigga, like it just he just got a cool swag. I see the support he getting out here. I see. I, I don't know, man. I, I really feel like he about to have a big year, and I think. You know, and I think he's gonna do it in a real respectful way. It's not gonna be like Jack Harlow's big pop year. It's gonna be like Jack Harlow had a big hip hop year. Yeah. So I'm looking forward to it. So we got we got somebody else I want to talk about. I, I gotta get your your feelings on this too. seen the discourse on Yee. I, I, it's not for me. I try to listen to it though. It's actually, it's cool. The silence is cool. It's thug. actually mixed well. It's mixed well. Hey, Thug stepped on this nigga. <laughs> thug. Oh my God. Thug said, who are you? You rap like me? When I was coming out, I'm about to step on your whole beat. Like, I listened to that song and I turned this shit off. I said, that's <laughs> as good as this verse right here. <laughs> nah, that's why I played that song. You know, I skipped right to the thug features. Yeah. And I saw that and I said, Oh, okay, this is this is this kid. And I said, Oh, well Thug did what he usually but does. But I listened like, I listened up into the Thug song. It's cool. Like I think it's for this generation. Like it's this hyper pop shit that's in right now. Like he's leading that charge. And I'm glad he's leading that charge because he's not like he kinda came out of nowhere where I see like a lot of these other niggas kinda like are being built. I see it being built. <laughs> so um, it's cool. Shout out to I didn't even know like with this release, um, he signed to Zach Bia and Field Trip Records. So shout out to Zach Bia. Um, wow, Zach Bia got he got one, bro. He got he one. got one. But it's funny he he one of the other little YSL kids his manager signed to him. It's funny man. Like shout out to Zach Bia. Shout out to John Ross. I'm liking my LA executives who I've seen kind of like I, I hate to say get out the mud, but I just see I, y'all have been a part of building the culture out here. And I'm I'm glad to see y'all step into this music space like that. It's interesting. Um, yeah, man, Zach, you got one Yeet, bro. That's that's crazy. I want to see does Yeet resonate in the club? Like, are they playing Yeet in the club? They're not. They're it. still playing the Young Jeezy verse from Geeked Up in the club. Bro. Nah, nah. <laughs> I went to the club. You know, it's a surprising club record right now that I'm like so surprised by. Married to the Game by Future. You you mentioned this the other day, yeah. and you was like, "Is it is it big on TikTok?" And like, I'm on TikTok often, just just for the memes. Yeah. And I was like, I haven't heard it on TikTok. It's got like 200 or something nah. like plays on TikTok. And I was just like, I don't know why it's, it's picked. Is it just out here or, or what? I don't know. I heard. No, it's, I, I heard. It's funny. I was seeing like people posting it. I seen like some girls in the club posting it. I seen some shit going on. Then I went out and I heard. It. I'm like, damn, this shit. Did it get re-released? <laughs> so, yeah. Shout out to Married to the Game. A great future song. Um, yeah, man. Yeet. Yeet. Yeet is yeet. Where are they playing yeet? You know. Hey. And Euphoria, they're playing yeet. <laughs> Yeah, kickbacks, <laughs> kickbacks, you think? Kickbacks, um, teen this. clubs. Yeah, do teen, teen clubs still exist? Yes, they do. And well, I don't know actually, but teen clubs because my nephew, fucking high school football stud, he is. He uh, has some seven on seven like games, and he soundtracked it to Yeet, one of Yeet song. I was like, oh shit, this is good afternoon. He, but he's always been, he's always been the one putting me. Both my nephews always put me. But, and, but Yeet is of TikTok. So that makes sense. So that's not a why TikTok you TikTok kid, but I guess he might be discovering music there. That makes sense. That's that's where you find there. I'm finding so many mashups. The TikTok mashups could legitimately live on radio. Like some of them are really actually pretty good. Like I I gotta send you some of some of these mashups they do. Like they're they're good, but they're usually preceded or, or followed by some bullshit gotta, in the video. I gotta fix my algorithm. I feel like I'm not getting the right TikToks. What TikToks are you getting? Oh, shit, just white girls doing little. Cheerleading dances. I don't even like all that shit anymore, bro. Like the little Charlie D. Lamolos and shit. <laughs> Butcher their name. Uh, but, uh, so, 
one, one more thing. When we, we, we step into the music. Go, go ahead, go ahead. Shout out to Charlie, Meek Mill. They both own uh, Michelin Oh, Michelin S. <laughs> I used to want a hat, now I own the hats. It's crazy <laughs> that Meek Mill and the TikTok girl own. Like, it's, like this, is, this is such a sidebar. Maybe this is a Patreon episode. Look how much Meek Mill has, has had to do in his career to get to the point where he can buy Fanatics, yeah. be a partner or whatever, and yeah. Fanatics and Michelin S. And then look how much Charlie... Diamalo, the like, I don't know. The Amelia, she has a show on Hulu. Yeah, I but think. look how little she's had to do to get set. Yeah, money. she just had to do she, a couple of dances. Bro, I was I seen some TikToks that I know she's been paid to do. Yeah, and they were like this is the laziest shit. Like she was like just run me my money. Like, <laughs> so crazy, so. TikTokers, biggest paper gangsters in the world I'm right now. Mad, I missed that wave. That face, like it's funny how our generation we're like oh. We were on MySpace coding, and now we're yeah. you know, we can work in tech. Yeah, I wish I was on TikTok dancing. <laughs> what I have a change right but now. It, it's, <laughs> it's a real hustle though, because what what's cool with TikTok, and I say this a lot, just being within the social, you know, being a strategist on social and and trying to tell these companies like what's big, they give you a full suite that you would pay a thousand dollars for with Adobe. These kids aren't buying Photoshop anymore; they're going uh-huh. on TikTok and making it. Yeah. And I think that that's the that's the biggest plug there is that they 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 do the work, but they also learn it in a more organic and emergent way right. because they learn it and they fuck up and they might not get a they might get you know not as many views, but they have to do it over again. Yeah. So when in companies like I see Netflix does TikToks and Reels and shit like that, you gotta really it, it can't come off as bullshit. Oh uh, no, you gotta be of the culture to do this shit. That's why I just need to we need to get this uh, child labor shit cracking. <laughs> 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 All these TikTokers need to be our social media managers. So um, Coachella. Hello. Dropping, so. lifting all COVID restrictions. Yeah, man, as they should, bro. For a week one, as they should. Nah. <laughs> you know, it's funny. I was, in, uh, I was in Atlanta over the weekend, and I was wearing my mask out. People were looking at me like a shit-up alien. Like, <laughs> literally. And it's like, and then, you know, like, we so used to the mask yeah. in California. Like, you you go to a restaurant, you walk into a restaurant, you might not take your mask off until your food gets in front of your yeah. face. Yeah. So, like, I went to a restaurant in Atlanta, and I'm like, Order, I ordered my drink and everything with my mask. I'm not even thinking about it. Yeah. And then at one point, the chick comes over to take my meal, and like she's literally just looking at my mouth. I'm like, I'm like, oh my bad, I got this mask on still. Like I'm like, let me. Let me let <laughs> she me was like, Southern Times. She <laughs> was like, she was like, nigga. Because <laughs> we. Nah, she was cool. <laughs> nah, she was cool. I had some of the best pancakes I ever had in my life out there. So I, I think. We're conditioned, obviously, but we also was in a crazy space for yeah. a long time yeah. out here. Yep. Cases have gone down, not like to a level that I think I would be safe all around to, but like, I know people don't want to hear this, but it's looking like shit's kind of calming down. Like, I think, but the thing is, we know when this shit, I don't, I don't want to get CDC chat in here because that's going to get a bunch of people pissed off. But we, we at a point where we know when this shit gets high, when it gets low, this is the low period of it. Every single year that we've had it, it's always been holidays, beginning of summer, Fourth of July, then it's then it chills out. So we know when the shit is is bad. It's funny, like it, the Coachella shit is funny to me because it's like no one. You go to shows in LA now, ain't nobody wearing a fucking mask. No, I went to so I, like, I went to the Wale show on Tuesday. There it was a mix. I, I can't I can't lie. It was it was about fifty fifty of know, people I, wearing masks. I'm gonna keep one hundred with you. I wear my mask, but I don't want to talk to nobody. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I'm going to talk low and hum and hum. Like, yeah, I'm hum. what'd you say? Yeah, nah. <laughs> I don't want to be seen. I don't want to talk. That's what I worry about bass, but. It was my first time going to a concert in two years. It wasn't that bad. Like, I felt like, you know, but you had, but they were serious about checking you for vaccine when you got in, though. Yeah. They, they were very serious about that out here. They were serious about that in, in Atlanta. Shoot, they was checking to see if I had both shots. I ain't never heard nobody be like, what? both shots. Like, you got out of your phone? Yeah. Okay. Yep. Yeah, yeah. So it was, you know, I mean. Different venues, different things. I think, I, I feel like the Coachella thing, it's like Coachella is such an experience. Like, yeah. Ain't nobody wearing no mask out there. Niggas don't wear, but I heard, here's another thing. People wear masks at Coachella because all the dust. That's yeah, actually, yeah. So people do actually wear masks. So you might see them anyway. Like, my, I knew homies that was wearing the N95 mask yeah. regularly at Coachella. But, but also at Coachella, you sleeping next to niggas in camp. Well, <laughs> nah, nah, we, not us. Nah, we, <laughs> we sleeping on the golf course. That's I know. I but, think. I think. What I think. Like. I, I think. Like a long time ago. I think one of my exes went to Coachella, and she was like, "Yeah, I got the whole. We got the whole campground, and we taking showers." I'm like, "You're wilding." Never camped at Coachella. That's some shit. That's you might as well go to Burning Man. 
Campus at Coachella is some shit. That's the shit you need. Like, what's that nigga? Bear Grizzly? <laughs> Bear Grylls. T Grizzly and Bear Grylls together is some shit. Hey, you need that nigga for that. Because I, would, I wouldn't do that. No, that's that's. I was just like, you sleeping on the ground? I was like, what? You sweating all day at the festival? Like, this is what? Hey, nah. don't 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 put your don't put your don't put your armpits next to me, man. No, nah, I know I know. Uh, our good friend Pat Pafif, he went there. He was on edibles. He was on all types of drugs. When to go yeah, see kick <laughs> boy, when to go see Playboy Cardi said, said he almost passed out. Hey, bro, <laughs> I got, we have to do a Patreon episode of Coachella stories. I got some stories for sure. I hey, I got a fold. Listen, I got a folder of all my friends' most hilarious pictures. Your striped short Coachella picture. Oh yeah, I got fits in Coachella. That bro. that shit is the funniest shit I've ever seen in my life. I, literally, I go to Coachella get fits off and um, <laughs> hear music. So. But, uh, <laughs> Be safe, y'all, if y'all going to Coachella, man. I mean, obviously, you know, you, you guys know what the deal is, but I, I think it's gonna be interesting to see what it is. I I, th- I feel like they're pretty confident, and plus, LA's li- they lifted everything already, so yeah. like we're we're kind of back to some sort of normal. I know when Batman come off, nigga, nigga mask this, comes off. Nigga, this nigga decided to go see Batman. Come nigga. on, man, I'm ready, man. I, I feel gotta, you. I, I, well, but, but my thing is this. I followed the rules for three years, bro. When do I get my my I whole thing? You know I what I'm saying? Like I, I, fo- I, you know, I followed the rules. I honestly, I'm on some shit where like, is this gonna be forever? Like Japan? Like why not? Yeah, I'm not mad at that. Yeah, it just be funny when I be seeing people wear bandanas over their face. That's so dumb, bro. Like, what, what are you doing? Just I be seeing the ski mask now, like the little like the baklava, the, the push icees, yeah, the push icees. Like that shit is dangerous, bro. Like I don't know, I don't know about that one, but so um. I saw this article this week that I thought it was really interesting because it kind of follows up on the on the conversation we had last week. Mm-hmm. Uh, I read Adweek pretty pretty regularly. It's one of the first websites I go to. I love Adweek. Mm-hmm. If you're somebody within within marketing and stuff like that, they tell you all the new trends, tell you what's hot, who's leaving, who's coming, you know what I'm saying? Like all, all of that stuff. They had an article called Your Black Employers Employees Are Leaving. Here's how to keep them. Oh, uh, man. What's the what, what are their tips to keeping them? This is, a, this is interesting. This is a it's a very interesting topic for us as just professionals in this space. And just, you know, for our, for our listeners, too, I think um, being black in the workplace and just being a person of color, period, it's super difficult. It's and simple. The culture, it's not. It's simple to you? It's, it's, no, what, when the article says it's simple. Oh, it ain't simple for me. It's um the culture of, of just, you know, the office is so different from the culture of the world. And it has a lot of catching up to do. But let's let's see what that week has to, think, has to say. So they say that. Having a having a, a DEI like like a diversity and inclusion department, has, I swear. But one that actually hires black talent behind it is one of the biggest things because it's like the thing is is that you don't see enough people that look like you in your in your job, and that's what makes them leave. Yeah. So it's like after George Floyd, that became even bigger because it's almost like when that shit happened, everyone was like, "Damn." It was almost like it woke us up. We was living in idiocracy. If you ever seen that movie, like yeah. we and we got and we woke up and we were like, damn, we, I work with a bunch of white niggas. Like, there's there's no way I can get away from this. And after George Floyd happened, it was like, no, I'm not working in no place where it's not at least five black people that's right next to me. It's crazy, man. The DEI thing is funny to me because I always they they always forget the step of hiring after the DEI uh, yeah. person. Like they will hire the DEI person that's like a black man or a black woman, and then I'll be the only black person there. I've seen that so many corporations. It's so funny to me, but um. Yeah, I guess that's a good tip. Like, yeah, they. Uh, the, it goes on, and, and I thought it was a really, a really good, like, short article. It was, it was written by Netta Netta Dobbins. Uh, she's a black woman, but she says instead of understanding employee sentiments and woes internally and creating an inclusive and equitable environment first, companies rush in to bring in additional talent. This only exasperated internal issues, and the company had a new problem, which was the retention of their black employees. So we see through yeah. the bullshit when it's immediately let's no, hire niggas. No, you know what's funny. <laughs> And this is something these corporations got to learn. <laughs> All right, when shit's fucked up somewhere, and you hire black folks, and then you hire more black folks, all they just start doing is start talking to each other about yeah. how fucked up it is. Yeah. So now you got new people coming in like, yeah, like, it's fucked. Like, you got old people here, they're like, yeah, it's fucked up. As soon as the person yeah. comes in, now it just tainted the whole situation. So, Netta, that's a good call out. I think I've been in situations, I think you've been in a situation, too, where we come in as the new black person. And there's already someone there that's discontent yes. and, and upset. Yes. And they either get mad at us or and it's, it's his thing. It has nothing to do with like they're not haters or anything. Yes. It's mostly because of the environment they're in. They either get mad at us or they're trying to tell us, what are you doing here? Like, what are you here for? I just run my race, bro. Like, I, I try not to let anyone's connotations on things affect me. That's in anything I do in life. So once I come there, I'll take feedback and I, I, 
understand and hear it, but I'm just like, all right, like I just know niggas treat me differently. <laughs> so let, 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 <laughs> let's let's walk through. This is for this is obviously for we talking to our corporate. You know what I'm saying? Corporate thug and entertainment niggas here. Everyone is trying to... CTE niggas in here. So let's talk about some of the tips that she says, you know, to to improve this. Well, the first one is measure the ascension of your black employees. She says, sometimes black employees leave your company because they don't see growth opportunities for them, nor for anyone in a higher position that looks like them. So take a moment to look at your black employment numbers by their level, department, and average tenure at your company. You'll begin to see where your company is struggling with retention. That's funny, that's really funny because it's like, I don't even think since George Floyd, I even seen, I think my job right now is the first one I've, I've ever worked at that actually shouts us out actively. But I also heard that they did this before George Floyd. Okay. So it was actually kind of like, oh shit, that's crazy. Yeah, so no, it's, 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 that's, a, that's an interesting fact. Okay. I, I want to damn there. I haven't read this whole thing yeah. yet. It's interesting. It's, but my thing is like, we gotta tell y'all this. And like, <laughs> she should be selling this information. Like yeah. she need to go to one of these. She need to be a DEI person. So yeah. like, I don't know, man. I just hate that we gotta explain this to y'all. We why like for us by why do why does Netta that's her name? Yeah. Why does she have to explain this? Yeah. Like John and Bob should be explaining this. We should get we should get on. I'm gonna reach out to her. Yeah. Let's talk out. about this article. Um, I, I actually would love to get her on the Patreon episode because I have so many more thoughts. On <laughs> yeah, I gotta put these thoughts behind the paywall. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so the next one is make cultural programming mandatory for all employees. It's uh, where companies and employee uh, internal employee resource groups are getting it wrong is when they're creating cultural programming and only and only those that look like them show up to the event. So that means, like she says, as a black woman, I likely experience the issues we're talking about on a day to day basis. That means neither I nor the people that look like me should be the majority sitting in the room. We already know these issues. So that means bringing white people in the space Man. so that we can talk that shit to them. Even just the cultural <laughs> programming, it's like. I get that you want to have the right POV on it, but it shouldn't only be black folks yeah. involved in Because all we're going to do is talk about the same shit. And, yeah. and that's why I feel like a lot of times I understand um, employee resource groups because they allow us to all talk about shit that not on the other people might understand. Yeah. One thing that was interesting at the one where I'm at right now is that they actually do allow like white people in there to kind of understand certain, certain sure. things. So other places I've been to, they don't I've do never, that. I've never joined one <laughs> I'm like I'm curious about one. It's funny. I'm like I, I I look at the Slack and it's a lot of like I think I'm different. I think than a lot of. I, I, I just said it earlier, I'm just so different from these. <laughs> I think I'm different. So it's like I can understand you like being black on the base level. We understand being black, yeah. but it's it's other things where it's like oh I don't. If you listen to this, okay, I'm not really. I know what type of nigga you know. What I'm saying like I know what type of nigga you are. I think I think I was in there. I think I, like like I think if, if a nigga say like oh man I really fucked with Bel Air and I'm like like all right. <laughs> I'll be like, all right, I'm out of here. <laughs> this ain't for me. Like, there's no conversation. Yeah, no, nah, that's that's why I'm like, I don't, I don't know. Like, I, I don't, I've never been a part of one, so I don't even know like how, like, you know, they go hang out and go bowling on the weekends. I don't know yeah, that. but um, I don't know. That's it's such a, it's funny, man. Being black in the workplace is such an interesting thing. These next two is where the, is where you're about to laugh a lot. So the first, this, this next one is understand diversity training is not a one time thing. Too often, companies will invite a third-party vendor to host a training, then wear this false badge of accomplishment. Netta was going in here. Uh, she says, you know, the same type, the same goes for any type of internal training you do, especially those that are culturally focused as things are constantly chaining, tra- uh, changing. Regular diversity trainings on microaggressions, unconscious biases, and more are key to under- unlocking a deeper understanding among employees and truly creating an inclusive and equitable workplace. Let me tell you one, one thing right now. I was at Red Bull when George Floyd happened. And these, as Nike saying shit, Pepsi saying shit, Coke saying shit, Monster Energy drink is saying shit. What am I getting at Red Bull? Your your owners are, are Nazis, and they and they own a Nazi uh, newspaper. And also, yes. Also, uh, also, <laughs> bro, it came out. That's like Tesla and the, the niggas. <laughs> <laughs> they heard. Hey, speaking, of, I'm trying to get a part of that class action suit just for driving one. Like, so my thing is this here. They didn't want to say anything about it, but they wanted to give us specific classes on diversity training where not everyone was invited to, but it was the first time they had ever done it. So people saw through the shit and some people quit. That's so interesting that they have a Nazi newspaper. But they wanted. Well, they're from Austria. I mean, yeah. So sense. like that, that was a situation where it was like, I didn't know I was there as a contractor. So like, and, and in fact, I wasn't even allowed to come to those diversity meetings because I was not full time. 
so everyone else could go but me. And and I think what what the what the situation is is that I, I love this because now yeah diversity training. How many times can you say Josh? Have you ever sat in diversity training at a job? Uh, maybe like twice. Not not but not nearly enough as the amount of jobs that you had yeah, ever never, in your life. Yeah, yeah. And honestly, it's like why the fuck am I? Don't, I don't need diversity training. My whole like I'm y'all need it. Yeah, not me. Yeah. Like I, that. That's another thing that I think is so interesting about that shit. It's like I think you know being a person of color, you you kind of grow up in a diverse environment just because you are a person of color. No matter who you are, black, white, or not white, but Asian, Indian, like whatever you are, you die, you grew up in that kind of environment because you, you're an outlier in, yeah. some, in, in a lot of places. So like, I don't think it needs to be focused on us so much. And it goes back to just kind of like what you were saying. Like, you have a lot of these programs and things set up to tell us about how we're supposed to react, but it's like, it's not for us. Yeah. And I think uh, it's just a weird, it's so weird, man. And again, we're going to talk about this on Patreon at some point because I have so many thoughts that are behind a paywall right now. I'm going to reach out because I, I, th- I think the thing about the Patreon is that we, we're allowed to kind of say stuff that like we wouldn't be able to say publicly. We don't know who's listening. I don't even know. I, well, you, we, you, we got if questions. You pay, if you pay to hear me and try to say some shit about what I said, then for sure, I'm not even mad at it. Unless you paid for the ticket. So, yeah. <laughs> so what's up? What's the, la- the last one is ensure pay equity in all roles. Pay black employees, this is in bold and underlined, pay black employees their value and make sure that their perceived value is in line with what you're paying their counterparts who are doing the same amount of work, period. That's literally the, the, yeah, the that's paragraph. Ha- I, don't, I don't even understand how that's, that's a thing. That, that's crazy. It still happens. Yeah, it wild. still happens. I, I could, I, and I think that's where, I think someone has some advice um, maybe a year ago, two years ago, where they're like, employees should be open to talk with each other about how much they Man, get paid. Absolutely. I, I absolutely agree with that. And where it's like, okay, you're getting paid that much. Um, okay, I want to get paid this much. Because cause you can go back to them and say, I want to get paid how much this person's getting paid. Yeah. Because I feel like I, I, I deserve that. Yeah, absolutely. I, I definitely think employees in general, everyone, share what you make. Let's know. I want to know. It's, it's, it ain't like, it's not like I'm look, I'm pocket watching. I'm trying to get like you. And I think too many times, and I don't know if, I don't know if this is just primarily like a black issue. I don't know if this is just an employee issue. People will look at that and be like, you trying to take this from me. I mean, and that's a it's that's a black thing. I think or, or, that's not even a black thing. It's a, a mentality thing. People yeah, think like you're taking from them. It's like it's, it's all out here. It's abundant. We live an abundant life. What yeah. I say, what I get is not what you lose. Yeah, and I think a lot of people misconstrue that. So it, it is it is definitely like a situation where it's like you know how can we even as just black people, how can we talk about how much we get paid and how much we're worth it? I think freelancers do that pretty pretty freely. Yeah, I think yeah. they're like, yo, I, I deserve this. I deserve this. Yeah. Even if they're not that good, they, they're <laughs> still like, I deserve all of this shit. But even within it, I think you're instant. I don't know if this is the right term. Like when you're working in corporate, like you're institutionalized to think this is, this is, oh, I should be, I'm that's lucky why, to be here. That's why I said it earlier, man. It's a culture thing, man. Like it's, it's really fucked. Like the workplace corporate culture is yeah. fucked up. It's not for the Right. It's not made, for the world. but I think it's made to be effective. But I, I think in this new the new world that we're stepping into, it's not as effective because people are more free thinkers yeah. now. So I think it needs to be um, definitely just restructured in a sense. And um, yeah, I have a lot of thoughts on just corporate culture. Like I, I think I should be a DEI uh, person actually. Josh, I do not want to be a part of your DEI. Nah, you know uh, what? Uh, I'm, I'm, group. I'll put that out there, man. I think when I'm about. After I retire and come back to work and retire again, <laughs> I'm on this path right now. I think I'm going to strive for that. I'll be a DEI person. Man. I think I, I, I have a lot of good ideas on, on corporate culture. Yeah. And I'm, I'm looking forward to implementing those somewhere. Well, Mark, what do you think of those tips? What do you think of those tips, Mark? I think those were good. And even from what I've seen in the past couple of minutes, Netta Dobbins would be an amazing guest for us to learn some more on the black print this was her first article on ad week she's listed as the ceo of mim connect uh mim connect just really briefly began as an idea to help professionals of color in the media industry connect with one another in two weeks of creating a group chat over 300 professionals joined the community expressing how they were the only professional of color in their company were continually looked over for promotions were having trouble navigating corporate america and more so it looks like that ended up being the app that she ends up working with and uh, there's a couple of videos that she has on YouTube. She's talking about imposter syndrome in a series with the uh, Lighthouse Labs. Um, she's with the Tennessean. She did a video wow. with Tennessee Voices. She has a couple oh, yeah. on her YouTube. It's yeah, going to be good, she, man. She sounds legit. Yeah, yeah I'll reach out. Her. We're going to get her on from, yeah. yeah we got to get yeah, her yeah, on. Yeah, so I'll, I'll, I'll reach out. She, she's dope. I saw this uh, come across Ad Week. They've been doing Black History Month stuff. Mm-hmm. 
uh, all month. And obviously, this is our last. It's gonna be our last episode before Black History Month ends. Yeah. What, what do we rate this Black History Month with everything that's happened? I think this Black oh History Month God. was it was it was primarily based all off of Kanye West this month. Black Future Month. What the fuck was that? It, yeah, I, it, you know, it's funny though. A lot of my homies I talk to about that. They're like, "Yeah, I'm fucking with it." I'm like, "I get what y'all saying, but I'm not fucking with it." That's, how about how about we not forget what happened? That's I don't, I don't think. forget. I'm just like I, I hear what Kanye's saying though. I don't want to hear slave stories no more. Tell me some new black history. Like I think shit that like I'm, I'm thinking the hip hop scope, but like I just want to hear more about Jay Dilla. Like the Jay Dilla Dilla time book just dropped. Go check that out. I haven't bought it yet. Um, I don't know. I just want new stories being told, and I'm tired of you know the same old bullshit. There's a little bit of an exhaustion with that, though, right? Like people that literally cannot jump in and watch the newest slave movie. I remember them being just a whole bunch of collective sides when 12 Years a Slave came out and was winning a whole bunch of stuff. I've never seen it. I've never seen it either. I don't, I don't want to see it. Yeah, I've I seen Color Purple. I've seen Amistad. I've seen it all. My mom took me to see Amistad <laughs> when I was a kid. And I've never, nigga, I've seen Jason. I've seen Freddy. I've seen Chucky. That's real nightmares. Leatherface. When they was chucking them niggas off the boat, bro, I looked at I looked bro. at and ho- I was like, "Why the fuck did you take me to see this?" That's why I was like, "Bro, like, I, like if I made horror movies, it'd be real horror. It'd be slavery, <laughs> horror movies, fucking living in the ghetto horror movies." That's that's like, why that's why Jordan Peele really kind of changed the yeah. game because he yeah and and and, and Josh, you were kind of close to Get Out when it was yeah. when it was kind of coming out. You helped work on marketing for that, or you was you was kind of involved in that. And when you saw the movie, like you were like, "Yo, this is different, bro." That. Jordan Peele literally changed the game. Like, yeah. and, and he's, that's, that's Black Future. Or what the fuck Black Future Month. Yeah, whatever the fuck you call it. That's Black, like, tell Jordan Peele's story. That's Black History yeah. Month. I really think he's a person who we don't talk about enough. But I think, you know, in due time, we will, hopefully. Yeah, for sure. We got, we got to get him on the show. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm just saying, I just want more new stories. Like, I feel like I, we don't get that enough. And, like, that's that's one that should be told. A nigga came all the way from Mad TV. Yeah. To, and and it, did Nick, Mad TV, I felt like, was, was for niggas who didn't stay up to watch Saturday Night Live. Like, that was like no, a hood-ass Matt show. No, Matt TV for, like, the culture. <laughs> yeah. I used to, man, Miss Swan. Like, yeah. I understand. I'm a Matt TV-ass nigga. I, I, I love, I'll be watching them now on this on um, HBO. But, um, but, yeah, bro, like, to see him come from that to where he is now and just, like, the, the just the world he's building. Like, he's opening the doors up for other people to make these kind of films. And, like, you see what's happened after him. Right. He's kind of kicked the door down. So, like, man, shout out to him. Shout out to him, man. So, uh... We're coming up on the hour mark. You know, we like to leave these kind of lean for y'all before before we get out of here. Josh, anything else you want to say? We got to move on. We got we, we got more to record. We got Patreon coming yeah. up. If you got Patreon, stay tuned. We're coming with one more after the break. But what you got to say to the public right now? Um, This is the last Black History Month one. So I, I don't know if you guys follow me on Instagram. I've been doing to celebrate Black History. Like, I don't know. I, I, I've been trying to post people who I think is just like their stories should be told. I think the first one I did was like OG Double D. Yeah. Cla- <laughs> Listen, he's a legend, man. Yeah. <laughs> Like, I've just been posting random ones, so I don't know. I think I'm going to post one with, um, it's like, Don Juan and Pharrell. Those are the two <laughs> I need to be told. The Don Juan biopic. Like, Bishop Don Juan, when you going to do the biopic, brother? Snoop, I hope you're working on that with 50. Yeah. Oh, I think I posted Big Meech and Lil Meech when they were younger. <laughs> Lil Meech got the craziest fits in the game. Hey, when is Lil Meech coming back on Euphoria? I'll watch Euphoria for him, and I ain't seen him since the first episode. Boy. Like, what's going on? Oh, is, boy. He, is he done with it? Because I'll stop watching this shit right now. <laughs> I, th- I think he's done with it. Damn. Bring Lil Sorry. Meech back. We got a good three minutes. All right. Yeah, I, I think with Euphoria, we'll talk about this on, on Overly Medicated this week. We got a lot to talk about. Me and Mark actually do that show together. We talk about Euphoria every single week. You should tap in, Josh. We, we, we talk about it every week. Man. But um, it looked like he was just a guest star. On episode one. In fact, there are no black males on the show anymore. Black people on the show. They <laughs> <laughs> got rid of McKay. <laughs> McKay's in college. But, but, but I mean, like, you know, McKay was the one guy there. They kicked him off. Zendaya, she's black. But the thing is, a lot of people say that her story isn't explicitly hey, black. You know what's crazy to me, man? This guy, Fez. Yeah. Worst character in the history of television. <laughs> I don't like the way y'all think. <laughs> Honestly, Cornball, he's not as cool as Jack Harlow. I promise you. <laughs> like Cornball, like he is not cool. Like, stop. I don't it. know if Fez is playing Jack Harlow. No, he's playing Mac Miller, and that shit is a terrible uh, role he's trying to play. Like, nigga, you're not cool. You're not cool. I seen a photo of him like sitting at a dinner table with like some fucking lean. I'm like, bro, you're lame. You're, you are so lame, Fez. But he's a skateboarder, nigga. Hangs out with, with the illegal civilization guys. Uh, 
Mikey all of them. Lame. <laughs> all right. I love Mikey, come on, man. Lame. All right, man. So uh, thank you guys for listening to The Black Print. This has been episode number four. Of course, follow us uh, on Twitter at JoshTonPease, at OGJohnny5. That is on Twitter and Instagram. Obviously, if you want to get into Josh Pease's close friends, sign up for our Patreon. $5 down. You get the you get the episodes first. You get them early. And you get extra content. So we about to, we about to shoot over and do another like whole hour of content for y'all talking about just stuff we couldn't talk about on the, on the public show. So just keep just keep it out there. So uh, thank you guys for listening. Uh, you know, it, for Mark and Josh, it is. I'm, I'm trying to find a, the perfect song to end it. I've been listening to PSC oh, today. Yeah. PSC is my shit. Twenty Five Life is one of my favorite albums ever. I think I'm. A, I think I'm. A, uh, I think I'm gonna play Still I Love It. That's that was one of my yeah. favorite songs over here. So, um, thank you guys for listening. Uh, we're gonna move over to Patreon now. So, uh, for Josh, I'm Justin. Uh, we'll be back in a, in a second. Uh-huh.